the plunge for hunger. And who better to talk about the plunge for hunger but Mr. ECSU Rugby, Mr. Covenant Soup Kitchen. I am delighted to bring in Cupid Class of 2001, Ray Aramini here to preview what the folks can anticipate for this 2023 event. Ray, good morning. Thanks for coming in today. What is the plunge for hunger? Good morning, Wayne. How are you? Um, plunge for I'm, hunger. I'm warm. Thanks for asking. I'm glad I could help. Thank you. Um, <laughs> plunge for hunger is a benefit that started with Eastern Connecticut rugby 12 years ago in order to raise money for Covenant Soup Kitchen. Players on the team didn't have a lot of a lot of funding, a lot of ability to have seed money, and they came up with the idea of, well, if we were to get sponsors and jump in the Natchaug River down at Lauder Park, uh, we can we can make a donation. And they did this, and it came out fantastic with no overhead, and they decided to do it again the next year, and it's exponentially grown from there. Those were the original seeds of it. And has it gotten bigger and better every year? It has gotten bigger and better every year. COVID kind of knocked us back a little bit. Um, where the last two years that we've we've had the plunge, Wayne, it's been a virtual event. Um, but but this year we're going live, even though the forecast is looking a little bit more chilly than usual. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. I do. yeah, I think. Uh, the, your Eastern rugby guys are phenomenal, and just to let people know, it's not just this event. They help out with so many charitable events in this town. So they're the ones who kind of put this thing on. But tell me about who the Plunge for Hunger benefits. Plunge for Hunger benefits people that are hungry. And that's really what it boils down to. I, I mean, historically, I've tried to to make it so that it's a slick event and I have this real nice neat media bite and that I have these these things that are flashy to say. But... It's never the case. The bottom line is it comes down to feeding hungry people is a very important thing. And the plunge for hunger helps to do that. Uh, Covenant Soup Kitchen's been in existence for 41 years. Um, they are hard hitting. I'm a, it's an honor to be affiliated with them. It's an honor to volunteer there and be on the board of directors there. I've, I've always tried to give, but no matter how much I've ever given there, I always get more in return. And I found that also that the, that's the case with the kids that I coach when, when we're involved there. Um, so the, the money from the plunge goes directly to Covenant Soup Kitchen. Do you keep any records of the coldest or the warmest plunges? Um, we have unofficial records. Uh, years that'll, that'll do. Years ago, we were uh, probably seven or eight years ago, we were on the beach the day before. Uh, there was, I was in a pair of waders and there was a kid on the beach with me named Blue and I had a rope around me and we were chipping off ice and sending it down the river and that morning we were having to do it again. It was very cold. Uh, do you have years when the river's frozen over? You can't do it? No, no, we haven't had that. We, we came really close. But, but, so we're hoping not to try to beat that record this year. Because um, the, know, river, the river's flowing, which makes it pretty hard to freeze over. Yeah, it's so no, no matter you know how hot that... No, no matter how hot that uh, hot chocolate is, a small one, no whip, um, it's it's not going to uh, take the edge off that initial bite of jumping in. All right, being Mr. Weather Geek that I am, or Weather Weenie, pick your choice here, you might come close to that happening this year. I'm looking at the National Weather Service forecast, and every time I look at this, it gets colder for Saturday. But Friday night, they are saying 
clear with a low around six below. And they're saying Saturday, sunny with a high of 16 above. That sunny, might, sunny, huh? Yeah, well, I don't know <laughs> it's going to really do much for melting the ice. But yeah, that. But nonetheless, on one hand, I would think that might be a challenge for you to get people to sign up for this because it's going to be so dang cold. On the other hand, does that, in a sense, increase attendance because people want to see people do this when it's that cold? I would, I would think so, Wayne. Where you know you have people, the uh, people do all sorts of weird stuff. Um, but I look at it this way: it, it kind of the people that are dedicated to doing this are going to do it no matter what the weather is. They were doing it last year when no one else was on the beach and they were alone, or they were jumping in a, a bathtub at their house. They're doing whatever they were doing virtually. Um, the people that are dedicated to the soup kitchen and, and this cause are are very, very uh, ravenous as far as the following. If people log on to our website right now, com, they look at the lower left, you will see a picture of my guest this morning standing alone in the Natchog River at Lauder Park with snow, it looks like it's falling, and also snow on the ground and snow on the trees across the river and stuff. But you're all alone in this picture, Ray. Yes. What's the scenario here? Where is everybody? What happened is last year we were doing a promotional video, and one of the kids that used to play rugby, uh, who now works at Eastern, Zach Steiger, um, took that picture as a promotional. And it certainly it certainly has worked. I mean, you have you have ice going by me. There's 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 ice in the in the river. It's snowing out. Um, it was it was hard to be in the water. Your teeth are chattering, but you know you're you're doing what you need to do. Uh, it's not that bad. If you wear a pair of shoes, I've never had a problem, even on the coldest of cold days. I mean, it's not like you're it's, you're not going in naked. You're not standing in the middle of a cornfield alone. You're amongst a group of people. You're you're jumping in, you're jumping out, you're all sharing the same goal of raising money, and it's a it's a festival. If you wear a pair of shoes, mm -hmm. would this be a pair of shoes you don't plan on keeping around too Correct. much longer? Is Absolutely, yeah. Old pair of shoes is great to wear. All right, paint me a visual image of what it is like on the actual day of the event. Uh, as you've known over the years, Wayne, I'm not really uh, usually short on words, but the morning of the event. There's some, some of the rugby guys and some of the uh, alumni. We go down to the beach and set it up. And then you'll see coming down the hill from, from the parking lot at Lauder Park, headed to the Natchog River, you'll see a couple people come down and then a couple more. And they're wearing costumes and they're wearing, what you know, different outfits. And then a couple more. And then it becomes a river of people walking down, walking down that hill. And it, it silences me. It humbles me that the, this many people in our community really, really give a damn about what's going on. And it is an event, and the costumes are part of the show. People do goofy things on July 4th here in the Boombox Parade. People do goofy things with a plunge for hunger, don't they? Absolutely, yes. People hear the commercial that we've been running for this with you and Smitty. I think we should identify, because a lot of people don't know who Smitty is. He's a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of yours. Who is Smitty? Scott Smith is Scott Smith is the typical is a typical supporter of the soup kitchen where they're behind the scenes. They are the ones supporting. They are the ones making the donations. They are the ones making sure that an idiot like me can be in front of a microphone or in, in front of a crowd waving his arms. 
He is a supporter. Scott is a uh, the equipment manager at Eastern Connecticut State University. He's been doing it for years, but he is a person that if I get jammed up with what I need, he's the go-to. He he is never in front of the camera, and he's always the supporter. I mean, he's a, a gem in Eastern's crown. I might add that people might recall my outfit in the Boombox Parade last year. We had a couple of champions here. We had Eastern Baseball, which won the national championship. We had Wyndham High Boys Basketball, which won the state championship. So I actually had an Eastern Baseball jersey and uniform on and bat and the other stuff. That came from Scott Smith of the equipment room at Eastern, and then John Tewitt was wearing a Wyndham uniform. So we were celebrating both as we let off the Boombox Parade. So Smitty was the point man for that as well. All right, how does the Plunge for Hunger raise money? It raises money in a bunch of different ways. I mean, we, <clears throat> the rugby guys and myself were at Stop and Shop yesterday, standing in front of the doors with a sign handing out information saying this is the plunge, this is what's happening, raising money that way. So, Wayne, most of it is nickels and dimes. But then we have superheroes. Then we have, like, the Peugeot Trust that's administered uh, by Pat Pru and and Michael and Mike Palin, and they see what's going on in town. They are are hard-hitting as far as understanding the needs of our community, and they ask. You have corporate sponsors. You have a lot of people that are extremely generous. You have people that have been supporting Covenant Soup Kitchen since the onset, the Bowens, who live on High Street and have been there forever, and they're the ones that helped get me there 30-something years ago when I first started volunteering there. You have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have superstars, not unlike Scott Smith, but you have, you know, David Foster and you have Bruce John, who have been supporting these events and driving the force behind these events forever. But I think really, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the daily volunteers and the daily workers at Covenant Soup Kitchens are the superheroes. You know, during COVID, we didn't miss a meal. When others were shutting down, we expanded our services. You know, people were starting to be frightful. Yeah, it's a scary time, but that's when the tough get going. When you decide, listen, we're having a tough time as a society. Well, how about you that's having a tough time making ends meet and you can't eat well? Or how about you that doesn't have a place to be? Soup Kitchen, Covenant Soup Kitchen stepped up and did more when it was a terrifying time. And I think I think that that's exactly it, Wayne. When, when, when others are running away, Love is running in, and Covenant Soup Kitchen is love, and they're the ones that went above and beyond. I mean, to not miss a meal. And since COVID started, you know, we're cresting 2 million meals served there. That's, that's outrageous. But it's done, and I can't, get, I can't stress this enough, not unlike how those that are giving to the fund are, are, are Scott's, a Scott Smith. It's done with dignity, care, and respect. And that's how every meal and everything is done at Covenant Soup Kitchen. And that's why I continue to be involved there. Ray Aramini with us talking about the plunge for hunger this Saturday at noon at Lauder Park in the Natchaug River. How does it actually raise money, though? People Are people allowed to jump in the river if they haven't signed a pledge sheet to raise money for the Covenant Soup Kitchen? Day of event. Um, if you show there and you sign a waiver and you make a donation, you'll get a bracelet. You'll be cleared to go in. Um, Will Manick Fire Department... Uh, again, uh, Mark Scrivener running a great program. We have people there in the river ready to go in case somebody gets jammed up. Um, you'll wait. You'll wait with other people on the beach, and we'll get a 10-minute markdown, and you'll get a five-minute markdown, and then I will get in the water with a megaphone, and I'll make a couple of announcements. 
we'll count down to 10, we jump in the river, and then we're gone. Um, you, can, you can bring your donation that day in the form of check or, or cash, or you can go online, which is really the way I encourage it. Go to covenantsoupkitchen.org and look for the polar bear and just follow the prompts. And what would you suggest for people who might have other plans for that day who support the cause but can't make the plunge for hunger? Do what our community always does. They support it. They support it however they can. If you can't make it that day, you can certainly support it with your, your finances. So, so make <clears throat> make a donation online. That's easy. But also, I think, remember that the soup kitchen is here year-round, that it's not, it's not a Christmas and just a Thanksgiving thing, but the middle of May, people are still hungry and people are still hurting. And it's not so much just the food, but it's the way the food is served that is the imperative. Now, see, in my case, I can't make the event because, Ray, I will be in Washington, D.C., and I, w- I was actually thinking about this. I'm thinking maybe kind of to show my support for it, maybe I can jump in the Potomac River. We still have that option. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last... Is, is that on your website? Yeah, it is. Sure yeah. is. It's, uh, you know, the ability to do a virtual plunge and this, upload it to the Facebook pages is really a great idea as well. So if I know that we've had people in the past that have been in Florida on Marco Island and jumping in water there. Um, uh, people have done it in, in Iceland and then posted that as well. So if you can't make it the day of the event and you're, you're wanting to participate, jump in whatever water you can, wherever you are. If your back is that much in the corner, absolutely do it. See, I've given this a lot of thought because I figure while I actually jump in the you Potomac. You think you'll be doing that, by the way? You'll absolutely. Jump the I figure when I jump in the Potomac, I can look for classified documents. There'll be plenty. Everyone's, everyone's put them there. That's my plan. <laughs> yeah, well, they're for everywhere else, I guess. What's the cost of doing this event? Do you have overhead? The only overhead we have is uh, the direct mailing that we do to people saying, um, if you'd like to donate. But as far as people who, you know, uh, receiving money for for putting on this event, no. Absolutely not, no. We will, we will I, we do not nor will we ever receive any type of funding for doing what is right and good. We've talked about the crowd many of whom will be dressed in various kinds of amusing costumes. What sort of a crowd number do you anticipate for this year, and what have been some of the biggest numbers you've had in recent years? It's tough, Wayne. It's tough to anticipate what the crowd's going to look like this year because, again, the last two years have been virtual. I would, I can, I can speak to what the crowd was last time we did it in 2020, and that was we probably had 250 in the water and another 500 on the beach. And it was, people were, people were thrilled. People were glad to be there. Eastern had a fantastic representation, and as they will this year. And the rugby team. And the, and the rugby team, yeah. It's their show. Is this the first year that you're actually back to having Jump in the Water events? Because you went virtual for a few years because of COVID. Yeah, we, we did go virtual for, uh, for two years just for safety purposes. Um, those years were still well attended and well documented as far as people supporting the kitchen you know well, explain how that happened because i think they were supposed to jump in the river get a video of it and post it online because you couldn't do it as a group event like you're doing this saturday yes and 2020 was i mean the really the last event that happened of any of any size right cause was the, cause was the few, plunge because a few weeks later the whole nation we, every, shut down everything everything got different um so the following year 
it was still not in a, in a place that was safe. And the year after that, there was a, a huge surge. So we decided to, you know, be on the side of caution and, and stay virtual. So what it was is that people would document their plunge through pictures or video and then post it to the Facebook page. And you had people dumping buckets of water over their head, jumping in a nice tub. We had people in hot tubs. We had people jumping in the ocean. Uh, we, Like I said, there was a person in the North Atlantic in Iceland that sent in a clip of jumping in the North Atlantic with icebergs in the background. It was, it was, a, it was a great way to keep this event moving. Do you have people who take part in the event? And, of course, they raise money for the Covenant Soup Kitchen. But they say... I am not going to jump in the Natchog River. And this is exactly who it's named after, Wayne. It's named after Olga Isis. Olga was on the board of directors at the soup kitchen for years and, and passed just over three years ago. And we we at the board, uh, decide, the kitchen, decided to name the event after Olga. And Olga was one of what we called the Smarties. And they would stand on the beach, put their toe in or put nothing in and say i'm just collecting for for the kitchen as it is bottom line is this is a fun event and that you don't have to to jump in the river to help support it's just it's that's the the cement of the event do you think your entire rugby team will wind up in the water at some point or do a couple of those guys kind of sit it out too um we've been we've been very fortunate that we've had most of the guys jump in we have a couple guys that couple guys that are uh, on the team that don't play due to medical issues, and they won't be able to go in, but they're, they're at the beach. They're always there. They have a note from their doctor? Yes, they do. Yeah. Actually, they do. Well, Christy Andrachowski just wrote me and said, hearing you and Ray can't wait. Decided to do it this year. Started fundraising last week. Sherry's taking pictures thanks to Ray and his teams. Well, the team is the rugby team. Why does Eastern Rugby do this? Is it just no, one more community service thing, or it, is it because it it's is, unusual and special? Well, it, it was born from rugby. Rugby is the one that started this. The first year that we did it, there were probably, I don't know, 30-something guys uh, and a couple of other a couple other uh, brave souls that jumped in to raise the $2,600 that we raised the first year. And so the next year we did it again, like I said, it again and again, but it has always been an Eastern rugby event to benefit the, the soup kitchen. Uh, the rugby guys are active at the soup kitchen as far as certainly during COVID, um, unloading trucks and handing out food and and supporting through the Shabu concerts and uh, bread box and whatever else is needed. So it's it's really near and dear to to our identity. Um, I said to I said to one of the early, early advisors at Eastern that if if we are going to be doing rugby that we are going to be active in community service because none of my players will be professionals in rugby, but they will all be professionals in the world. So in order to have a, a true understanding of, of things that have meaning and importance, it has to be balanced from the athleticism of rugby to the compassion of giving back. That's a powerful answer, Ray. I appreciate you saying it the way that you said it. Ray Armini with us, <clears throat> talking about the plunge for hunger this Saturday. You know, being as involved in the boombox parade as I am, I almost see a similarity to how that began versus how this began. No, Kathy Clark, I don't think was involved in the plunge for hunger, but we had no idea what to expect in 86. We had the first boombox parade, but it worked 44 minutes and it grew from there. 
It almost sounds like when you did your first plunge for hunger, you had no idea what to expect. It's wintertime, the river's cold, there's ice and snow and things like that. It worked, and so you kept doing it. Wayne, I didn't think we'd have another one. I thought we were going to do one and done. That was it. You know, this is great. But after, after, I didn't go in even in the first year because we didn't, we didn't have lifeguards. We, we didn't have, we were not well prepared. <laughs> but we figured it was, you know, we would go in, do the plunge, and we'd be done. There were really no costumes. There were just people jumping in the water. Uh, Christian Archiola, who was the president of the club at the time, came up and said, well, next year, Ray, I was thinking that we'd do, I, I asked, his nickname was Donk. I said, Donk, what are you talking about? He said, look around. He said, everybody that's here wants to be here. There's no outliers. There's nobody whining. There's nobody complaining. He said, this is just a win. And so we, we agreed, and then we really kind of made it our, our event, and... <laughs> And it took off. Ray, you talked about the the videos coming in from places like Iceland and things like that. But as far as the actual human participation, when you have the events live, like you'll be having this Saturday at noon at Lauder Park, how far away do people come for this? Do people actually come from like out of state that jump in the Natchaug River in the middle of winter? My sister's coming from Derry, New Hampshire. My brother's coming from Glastonbury. My aunts are coming from Farmington and Winstead. Um, we have alumni that are coming from Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, a couple of New Hampshire's, um, from, from all, from all over. Would um, that be the sister who was a member of the 1979 state champion Wyndham High softball team? That sister, indeed. Uh, my sister Nancy and my brother Dan are, uh, are, are great, great supporters of, they've always been great supporters of what I've been doing, um. But they they have made the plunge part of their yearly event. Did they do costumes in the first year, or when did the costumes join the fray? Oh boy, there's a loaded <laughs> question, man. There was a couple. There were a couple guys on the rugby team that were wearing really, really short cutoffs um, the first year, and that kind of just blossomed out of there to fish outfits and dresses and tiaras and dressing like palm trees and uh, <laughs> Kate and Leonardo from Titanic. It, it just really kind of blossomed into a lot off of there. And it it really does add to the fun of it. It makes, it is very boombox-esque when, when that starts to happen. Yeah. What year did you raise the most taking this year out of the equation? Would it be the year before you went virtual? I'm guessing you took a little I, hit with the virtual. We we did, but people. But again, people understand that it's not so much the event. They understand it's the why of the event. the 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 event is a lot of fun, and it's like I said, carnival like. But the bottom line is that this is raising money for people that are having trouble. This is this is raising money to put food on people's table or in people's mouths. So maybe maybe we won't be having the numbers at the event that we had in the past. Maybe a virtual event is not as well attended, but it certainly is that well supported because like I said, you have you have the Bowens of this world who understand that yes, the event is fun, but the event itself is not going to feed people or pay an electric bill or pay for a sewer clean out. The money is what drives this train and the frenzy surrounding the event helps generate that money. Ray, we've talked about the origin of the Plunge for Hunger, which benefits the Covenant Soup Kitchen. You go, I think, back to day one with the Covenant Soup Kitchen. You want to just talk about how that, I don't think we've talked about this on the air recently, but how did the Covenant Soup Kitchen first arrive in Willimantic? And was that a Gene Kupek thing? It was even before Gene Kupek. It was uh, it was a uh, Reverend McDowell 
the old Episcopal Church that started with Wednesday night pasta dinners once a month um, when the mills closed down in 82, um, before before I was there, long before I was there. And I uh, it, it progressively grew through through that area and the Clements and uh, Gene Kupek um, and that whole era, and it, it became... It evolved, I should say, into the organization that it is. Um, it's really, it, under the leadership of Kimberly Clark, it has certainly really grown and updated and become a hard-hitting, a very hard-hitting organization where the answer is yes, now what is your need? And that's, I think, they're reactive as opposed to, as opposed to, uh, to dictating what what a community needs, and I think it's I think it's different in the way from 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 a lot of different places is the fact that there is not there is not a level of judgment. Anybody is welcome at any time. You, you're not questioned of why you're at the kitchen to eat or why you're stopping to pick up bread or perhaps why you need why you need assistance. It's tough enough to walk through those doors for the first time to begin with without having to have the overlay of of guilt or judgment or even a poor tone. Make the make the transition to getting help easy. It's it truly needs to be an act of compassion. The the lion's share of that compassion is putting people at ease. Ray, I think that for some people who are not directly involved in the operation of the Covenant Soup Kitchen, the way that they see the operation of the kitchen is when they drive by St. Paul's on Valley Street, let's say 11 o'clock any day of the week, and they see people going there for food and the like, but they don't really see what goes on inside the doors and the like, unless you're one of the people actively involved, like as a volunteer or so. Do you think that those people would be surprised at the clientele who the Covenant Soup Kitchen serves. It's not just homeless people. We, feed, we, we serve those that are in need. A lot of time it's emotional need. A lot of time it's actually physical in need. Um, but, but I think there is a reason why folks arrive at the kitchen. And to be able to meet those needs in a compassionate and humane way is, is really a cornerstone. Wayne, I look at it, I look at it in the light that... If I was in line, how would I want to be treated? Would I want to be ignored? Would I want to be going through life anonymous? Or would I want to be asked, you know, how is my day? How are things? What's going on? Is there anything you need? You know, I like that sweater. Or whatever it takes to engage with someone that is having a very tough time. It is, as years and years and years ago as a volunteer, when I first walked through those doors, it was awkward for me. I can't imagine what it's like to have to walk through those doors for the first time to say, listen, I am in need. I need a hand. So if we can help lower that threshold of anxiety, if we can help knock down that stigma so that people that are having to choose between a loaf of bread and putting gas in their car, well, we can't always fill people's gas tanks, but man, we can always, we can always get some bread. So l- come on in, come on in. If you, if you, if you need some bread, you need a hand, Come on in. It's fine. Ray earlier mentioned the way that the rugby team helps out in other ways, including at the Shabu concerts. Anybody that's been to those big Shabu concerts that we've had on Jilson Square at the Shabu stage over the years might remember that there was a lot of people walking around with those green T-shirts. Oh, that was the rugby team we're talking about here. And they're also putting on the plunge for hunger. How was your season last fall? 
It was great. It was a nice rebuilding year. Um, COVID, COVID not only knocked us around as far as the plunge, but it kind of decimated us as far as our numbers with rugby. Um, not a lot of high school programs have feeder rugby programs. So when kids are coming to Eastern and they decide to join rugby, they're learning for the first time where they, they really haven't, they really haven't um, had a lot to do. So we made postseason again this last fall, which was, which was very, very nice. And I say this, and people kind of kind of dismiss it. I coach the best kids in the world, and I have coached the best kids in the world. These these young men go on to be uh, pillars in their own communities and, and leaders within their their industry and their their towns. But they always come home. They come home to the alumni game. They come home for the plunge, and they come home for Shabu concerts. That's what they do. They come back. Our the number of uh, kids that have been kids people that have been volunteering at the Shabu is, yeah, it's our current team, but it's an awful lot of alum. And if you do come to the plunge on Saturday, you're going to see a lot of alumni players there. And I remember a couple of years ago, your rugby team got to the Final Four out in Colorado, I Yes, think? they did. Yes, they did. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a well-kept secret around here, but they've had some really good teams and some really good years as well. Ray, let's wrap things up. Just sum up things for people who would like to help out in the plunge for hunger. A, how do they take part being able to jump in the Natchaug River on Saturday at noon. Or, or, the, B, or the Potomac. Or, <laughs> or how do they take part without jumping in the Natchaug River? If you'd, if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. This Saturday, February 4th, down at Natchaug, down at Lauder Park. Uh, what, what we would do is that we're probably going to jump into the river around quarter after 12. So get there, get there around 1130 and enjoy the show because it certainly will be dress warm. Bring a pair of shoes, blankets, towels, whatever you need. Bring cash, checkbook, or donate online. And the way to donate, if you if you can't if you can't do it or you you can't make it that day, is go to CovenantSoupKitchen.org. Look for the polar bear and follow the prompts. And there's different ways to donate there. Um, and and if you can't do that, you know, you, you can donate some food at the kitchen. Canned goods are always good year round. Um, help out your neighbor. Uh, visit a shut-in, look out for each other. There's a lot of ways to give back in our community, and our, our Willimantic is a vibrant, caring community that has always taken care of taking care of the soup kitchen. Um, Greater Willimantic as well, and uh, we're very proud to be able to do this, and we're honored to be here today. It's a fun event, and it's a spectator sport, but also a participatory sport as well at noon at Lauder Park. People actually jumping in the river on a day that's been six below, which is the forecast right now for the Friday night, Saturday morning low. Ray, I appreciate all the work you've done for our community, and especially the rugby team has done for the community. And I hope that you have a good time jumping in the Natchaug River. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate it. Plunge for Hunger, coming up on Saturday. Ray Aramini with the Eastern Rugby Team joining us this morning.